Me, me, me. It's not always all about me. Sometimes it's about other people who have really interesting stories, like this guy, Michael White. He's a media webmeister. Anyway, Mike, why don't you tell us about yourself? I'm the uh, founder of Greater Long Island Media Group, publishers of GreaterPatrick.com and four other local news websites. I'm really interested in how you hatched Greater Patchog. But let's go back a little farther first, because I want to know when you were like seven years old and your mom said, mm-hmm. you know, honey, go play, go amuse yourself. What did you do? Probably played Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so the technology's <laughs> always been with you, Mike, right? <laughs> That's right. Was there anything else that you particularly enjoyed? I'm trying to think of what I was into as a kid. I was into like drawing and art and stuff like that. And uh and video games and uh, and certainly sports. You know, I was always involved in sports. So they teased me that I was inside all the time. But it's uh, revisionist history. I, I was yeah. out. I was out. Right, because your mother pushed you out and locked the door probably, right? Yeah. That's right. And then I lived in Queens, oh, so geez. I knew it was come home. I knew it was time to come home when I heard a screaming through the neighborhood. <laughs> Mikey. Oh. So did you have any aspirations as a kid like I want to be? Yeah, good question. Uh, my dad was a firefighter, so I sort of, you know, I admired him for that. Yeah. As much as I worried when he wasn't home yeah. at night, you know. Um, thing you thought about doing for yourself because you felt it was too dangerous. I mean, you obviously uh, were real aware of the risks. I mean, yeah, for me, that, yeah, that would make me yep. go, no, thanks. <laughs> I know. You know, in hindsight, I thought I, uh, you know, I did take the test and everything. I was training. Oh, And okay. then on the way, on the way to the physical, um, I was between journalism jobs. I used to work at a daily in Maryland and I was home and. I moved to the Cayman Islands, so right there, and that didn't Wait, work out. Wait, you so... moved to the Cayman Islands? <laughs> yeah, I moved to Grand Cayman uh, to write for a, a newspaper there. But wow. um, Yeah, it was, you know, I was going to be like a cross between Hunter S. Thompson and Tom Cruise. That was what I was picturing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but when I got there, it was just anything but, like uh, long pants and 100-degree weather. Oh, my God. uh, Like, they didn't get it was Caribbean? Yeah, they didn't get the memo. Bermuda, they they figured it out. But, you know, when I got down there, actually, um, I collected my first couple paychecks, and people in the room were grumbling. And then I was like, what's going on, you know? And they're like, well, you're new, so you're getting paid. I said, what does that mean? And they showed me what they were getting, and they were getting IOUs. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so I said, oh, my God, the guy running this paper is really – I don't know. Maybe he's successful now. <laughs> I don't know, but wow. I was going to stick around and find out. So once I figured things out, I called my dad's friend who who was my travel agent. He booked me a flight back. So I was only there for a few weeks. So Just long enough talk. to get paid a couple of times, right? Yeah, I got paid a couple of times. I had some money owed to me. I wrote the guy a letter. Please distribute my money to the people you're not paying. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm real saint. That was so, really uh, nice. Well, because you were out of there, so you didn't have to be worrying about it anymore. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so gra- from Grand sure. Cayman back to Queens? Um, no, I was living on Long Island at the time. Okay. I moved in middle school. And uh, and once I was home, I was you know, I didn't want to leave. You know, I really loved after being away to college, and then I was working for a daily in Maryland. Um, I didn't want to leave. So, you know, I tried to get a journalism job, and uh, it wasn't working out. So, uh yeah, I owe my dad a debt of gratitude. I think he could tell I was a little down. He said, where would you be right now if you could be anywhere in the world? And I said, I'd be at Columbia Journalism School. And he said, uh, well, let's let's make it happen. Wow. So uh, I said, Dad, the, the school's like $50,000 a year. And he said, well, let's just let's go for it. Let's get in first, and then we'll take it from there. And uh, you ever need help paying those loans? You just 
you just slide that envelope under my door. So, uh, oh man, yeah, he, he sort of saved me there. So. Wow. Did you yeah. appreciate? I mean, I know you do now, especially because you're a dad yourself. But did you get like how huge that was at the time? Uh, yes, you did. Okay, that's yeah. really nice because you know I think a lot of you talk to people as you go around, and some people didn't have such a great supportive environment, and some sure. people did and just took it for granted. You know, so it's yeah, nice no. that yeah. <laughs> I was the opposite. I almost had like survivor's guilt because so many people <laughs> I grew up with had awful dads. You know, yeah. I was yeah. almost embarrassed that I had such a warm, supporting, loving family. Yeah, you know? that's kind of it's really sad when you think about that. That would be a hardship for you. you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I turned. I found a way to make it a hardship. Sure. <laughs> really? So, but how did you go from I'm going to be a firefighter? I'm on my way to my physical. Oh, oh no, right. I'm going to write. Good memory, Cindy. You are a pro. Well, I'm like trying, um, to, <laughs> trying to connect the dots here, Mike. <laughs> so I was on my, I was in, in between jobs, right? And uh, I was on my way to, I already did well on the test, the written test. I was on my way to, to do the physical. And I realized uh, somewhere through Nassau County, I was going to Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn. And I realized that, um, that I never got a, a physician's note, you know, a physician's sign-off. So I called my dad. He's like, oh, I can call Dr. Coldenbank. We could do this on the fly. And I'm like, you know what? If I really wanted this bad enough, I would have I would have checked all these boxes before. Maybe that was just me being lazy. <laughs> well, you know, you got to look at sometimes like I really think that our subconscious works sometimes against us and sometimes for us. And mm-hmm. for something that big that was that critical to, you know, like a like an important step of like, oh, and here's my papers. The mm-hmm. fact that you didn't have that it kind of tells me either you are a complete slacker or <laughs> there was a part of you that was looking for a way out. Yeah, that's probably true. The latter is probably true because I was never really a slacker. So if yeah. I really wanted that job, I would have been studying those papers every night before bed. You yeah. Know? yeah. So then so you, you go, OK, I'm not going to move ahead to that. And then what? Like what um, that night, that the next morning, like then you were like, what now? Uh, yeah, I think I was working at a bank at the time. Um and, uh, you know, just kept plugging away at that. And, uh, you know, I guess I got promoted from a tele job to a client financial rep. We opening accounts and, and doing loans for people. And, um, you know, my heart just wasn't wasn't in that. And I think that's that takes us back to my dad's conversation with me. I think he could tell, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, after, you know, I, I studied. He helped me study. I had flashcards everywhere I went. I was, you know, remembering the names of memorizing the names of world leaders and all these things and wow. uh, took the test and you know got a nice fat envelope in the mail you never want that thin envelope right <laughs> um, <laughs> or the text nope <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah nope. you're out <laughs> you're out buddy right <laughs> so yes yeah, so i got the uh you know that envelope in the mail that i got in and uh so i was back on track uh, back into journalism and you know never looked back wow that's very cool. You know, and how old were you at that point? Uh, that was probably, I was born in 79. That was 05. So I was like 24, 25. Were you at any point worried about that you weren't going to find something to do? Yeah. Um, I definitely had that sort of post-college graduate angst where, you know, you go to school, you have these visions, and yeah. then you, you're in a job that you hate and uh, that, and you don't know where to turn, you know? Right. Yeah. Wow. It's now, not- had you already gone to college before the before you got into Columbia or was Columbia your first jump? No, I had went to the University of Delaware and uh, actually went in as a bio major 
and got in. Wow. As a bio major. <laughs> You're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I was all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, I couldn't hack the chemistry. The chemistry just buried me. Yeah. Uh, so, but I was acing my, my English, uh, exams so i sort of gravitated toward that yeah so at least Um, you had a skill (laughs) yeah some sort of skill yeah (laughs) and uh so uh yes i went to delaware and then uh then when i couldn't find a job you know i thought columbia would be a good way to to get back on track and make connections and certainly it was yeah isn't it um interesting that like that your dad asked you that question what would you do and sometimes i think that open-ended invitation to just mm-hmm. pick anything in the world, like without any limitations. Exactly. And that's what he said. He said, money's no object. What would you, where would you be? Yeah. And then you have a chance to just go, well, I, you know, I'd like to be, you know, I'd like to jump out of airplanes. I mean, it's, it just yeah. opens up, it, it quits the it limitations. It would make you think, well, I can only do, you know, work in a bank yeah. or run a grocery store, you know? Right. Yes. And so, so many of us, I, I had a nice conversation a couple of years back with someone who teaches sailing and, you know, Wow. And he said, you know, on the island we grow up, we're told uh, you'd be a, a, a doctor, a, you know, a doctor, lawyer, uh, a policeman or a teacher. And you grow up with these f- four or five things in your head. Yeah. He's like, but it's a wall, you know, big wide world out there. Yeah. But it's <laughs> yeah. true. Like there are a gazillion things to do, but you don't even, you know, as a kid, do you like go, well, you know, maybe someday I'll invent, you know, post-its. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, maybe when I grow up. All right. So Columbia, then now you had an interesting series of positions since then. So, sure. so take me through that. Sure. I was at Columbia and, um, I, uh, I was covering a manslaughter trial for, for, you know, just to learn, you know, as oh, okay. part of our curriculum, we were supposed to cover a trial. Um, so I called the, uh, I called the New York post. I said, Hey, I'm, I just called the Metro editor, Michelle Godhelf, who's still there. Uh, I said, Hey, I'm covering some manslaughter trial in Brooklyn. Um, I explained it to her real quick. And, uh, she said, all right, send us, you know, send us a story about the verdict, which is kind of rare. Most people would just hang up on a <laughs> random call like that. I, I uh, covered the verdict and I sent my story and they loved it. They were howling and uh, it ended up not running the story because it was deemed too low rent, <laughs> but they liked me. <laughs> yeah. But they got your writing style. <laughs> yeah. They liked me. And then they invited me in and wow. you know, they said, what are you doing tomorrow? And tomorrow was 4th of July. We had plans to go to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so I said nothing. I, I have no plans. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and then uh, yes, I worked, you know, I worked the whole Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. You know, the shifts that, uh, you know, more seasoned employees didn't want to do. Right. Yeah. And then from there, uh, I was running about seven days a week and still going to school and uh, covering, you know, covering crane collapses and plane crashes at Teterboro and, you know. Yeah. Horrific murders and things like that on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and then I was there and then I got recruited uh, by the Daily News. And with the Daily News, it was... um, I was going to be working for the Long Island Bureau, doing more sort of like more community journalism that sort of felt a little more rewarding to me than uh, than the blood and guts stuff. So uh, yeah. you know, I was doing that at the Daily News. But then they ultimately moved me into the police bureau. I look like a cop. So I got typecast as a oh. police reporter everywhere, wherever I went. You know? <laughs> so um, so then I was at the Daily News Police Bureau. And then, uh, you know, I was commuting from Babylon. It was tough working nights and then working days. The days were even worse because of the train. Oh, yeah. At least nights you can kind of drive in a little easier. And uh, from there, I went to the Times Review. And they're, they're the publishers of the Riverhead News Review and Suffolk Times. So um, 
you know, I edited the Riverhead News Review, ultimately ed- editing both of those newspapers. And the newspapers on the East End, the East, the East End weeklies are just phenomenal. These are the best weeklies in the country. So that was a great experience. So I got to kind of combine, you know, the big city stuff with the community stuff. And it was a nice, diverse range of experience for a writer. I just wanted to mention for a minute what's interesting about how you actually started getting paid, like going to school but then actually going to work for a real newspaper really was because you had the tenacity to pick up the phone and call somebody, which probably most people <laughs> either wouldn't think of doing or wouldn't have, like, just the guts. Yeah, most people's, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you're right, honestly, not to. Yeah, um... no, because it's, you know, I, I always, like, think you got to know your strengths. You know, you got to take credit for the things you do right. and And it's. It's a great example for people, too, where you're like, you know, I called up, you know, yeah. I called up, I said, hey, here's what I'm doing. And they're like, OK, great. And it, you know, they didn't print your story, but it got you in there. You it yeah. it got you. You kind of backdoored it. You I know, backed. Had you sent a letter or, you know, sent in a resume, they would have gone up, you know, college student next. Right. right? Uh, yeah. Backdooring has been the story of my life when when I was at uh, when I was working for that newspaper, uh, daily newspaper in Maryland. I applied yeah. and they told me there's no jobs for you, um, but you know this. You know you, we could use you as a freelancer now and again. And uh, I said, okay, what do you want me to do? So they gave me a story, and I went out and I wrote it, and it was about gypsy moths, and um, it ran on the cover. And then after that, I just started showing up at the office every day in a suit and tie, <laughs> <laughs> and I just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> I just wow. sat there waiting, waiting for scraps, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I remember the, the editor, Dan Healy, the managing editor, he saw me that first day. And he was like, oh, hello, you know. <laughs> I did that for months, probably drained them freelance budget. I was like Kramer. You remember that episode of Seinfeld where he's just showing up to a job he doesn't have? <laughs> and, uh, and then after about three months, someone left the paper and they're like, I guess this is your job. You've well, been sort of you're already doing here it. and you're dressed for it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was wow. kind of rock, yeah. <laughs> wow. I remember I told that story to a bunch of St. John's kids and they loved it. Man. Well, it's, you know, again, it's another like, here's, here's some tenacity for you. Here's putting that to work, you know. I'm not a guy who's intimidated or afraid to strike out. That's excellent, Michael. Oh, thanks. Amy. So, all right. So you worked at the Times Review and Suffolk Times. And then mm. at what point did you go? Hey, I'm going to launch this local. And what do you actually call it? It's a. I know it's a local mm-hmm. internet news based, but is there a name for it? I just call it a community news website. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, tell me about that. Sure. Uh, I was actually on the way back from uh, the New York Press Association Awards up in uh, Saratoga, and we had won, uh, you know, the biggest award at the time, the Stuart C. Dorman Award for the best weekly in the state. Wow great and it was for the riverhead news review which was my baby and um and on the way home you know you kind of get the feel like well what's next for me i was living in bellport at the time and i've been driving through patchog i'm like oh my god they're building like a a little city here you know yeah um this is in 2015 and then on the way home uh i was just thinking about you know what if i could take this sort of brand of chatty daily news style type of writing to local audiences, you know, up west a little bit, you know, because I was working out east. I thought it would be a kind of a cool concept. And uh, and with Patchogue sort of blowing up, I figured they needed like a like an Austin or an Asheville or, you know, some of these kind of cool little cities. They they have the, they seem to always have that sort of go-to 
news website for to find out what's happening what's yeah cool. well definitely like they deserved it and it's it's such a great way for the local community to really be plugged in because people don't necessarily have enough time to go out and seek the information but it's when it's served up you know here you go one click here's what happened here and there and these people and this new restaurant i mean i yep. think it's invaluable uh, thank you so much yeah you know there's information out there facebook and instagram but everything's sort of disjointed this kind of becomes the sort of clearinghouse for for what's happening and what's cool and what's what's new, you know? Yeah, but it had um, to have been a whole new starting at the ground floor again in trying to determine how technically how to build it and then mm-hmm. how you were going to find enough time to fill it up and keep it going. And I mean, a lot of different elements. Sure. So on the, on the way back from Saratoga, I came up with the idea of this, you know, greater patch on. And I said, you know what? I sort of want to break the mold. You know, I don't want it to be just like education, business, sports. Uh, so... And uh, so I thought of like, instead of just education, why don't we call it great kids? Let's get in the schools and, you know, remove the adults from the situation for a little bit, you know, and just talk about what these kids are doing instead of business. I said, you know, let's call it great ideas because what's what's a successful business and a series of great ideas instead of real estate. Let's call it great places, things like that. So I figured that would be good and it would be some brand reinforcement as well, you know, with the greater brand. I got home that night. You must have been so fired up. Oh, I was fired up. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I I'd probably worked through the night building this website and it took a few weeks. And then when I had it built, I said, all right, now what do I do? So I spoke to people in, in advertising and technology, marketing, and everyone told me, everyone green lighted me, thought it was a great idea. So, uh, you know, I, I told my former employers that I'm leaving. And then um, that was June 10th, 2015. I announced that I was launching the site July 1st. So I had three weeks to sort of fill this thing up with, you know, a couple wow. dozen stories. <laughs> <laughs> and I could write, I could write like the wind. So that, you know, uh, yeah, I was able to pump those out. And then uh, July 1st, sort of unveiled the site, started sharing these stories out. And um, it just went crazy. It wow. actually went crazy. Bayshore actually was the second one. I had, uh, you know, become friendly with the owner of Kilwin's Chocolates in Babylon and, and, uh, and Patchog. And we were sort of, uh, you know, just kicking around the idea of another site. And he had mentioned that his cousin Mike owns a bunch of bars and restaurants in Bayshore. Uh, he gets Mike on the phone, and then Mike was already familiar with Greater Patrick. I think he had seen it on social media. And John said, hey, my buddy's looking to sort of expand. And he goes, get him down here, you know. I met Mike at his uh, local burger company in Bayshore, and, and I met his buddy Anthony that owns uh, Verde Kitchen and Cocktails in Bayshore. And they said, Mike, we could really use this. And so there, from there, it was off to the races. And what happened then is people in Babylon have seen it and they're saying, Hey, we need this here. You know, from there we went to Babylon and then people in Port Jeff said we could use something like this. So we went to Port Jeff. Yeah. And it kind of, um, kind of, that wasn't the intention, but every time, uh, every time I was comfortable and I found myself with a little free time, I would end up just piling more onto my plate and opening another site. I know initially it was just you doing everything. Correct. How big a company do you have now? How many people do you have working with uh, you? Probably have uh, half a dozen freelancers. And, Did they uh, all show up every day in a suit and tie? I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah they're all trying to, <laughs> trying to get that job. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great group. And then um, I have a director of sales and promotions. And then um, I have a content manager who, uh, on the editorial side, is my right-hand man. He produces a lot of content for us. As the sort of years went on, my ability to write and report has diminished because I do spend much more time doing administrative things. Oh, uh, that's not so good. Professional, professional email writer now. I understand that well, you take on more responsibilities, but do you feel like it's become imbalanced, like you'd rather just be writing and have someone else taking care of business? 
yeah, eventually I'll figure out a way to find people to fill different roles as we grow and allow me to sort of do what I do best, which would be best for the company. And that's write and report. But the other stuff is uh, is cool and it's it's a challenge. And uh, on the business end of things, I'm you know I'm getting a kick out of you know helping these small businesses grow and spread the word about whatever you know they're looking to spread the word about. You know, I really get off on helping people. So yeah, and learning new yeah. stuff and mastering another level. Is it like when you're playing Mario Brothers, how you keep going like to the next level? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Your life at this point is it anything like you imagined it would be? No. You know, I have a dream life. You know, people ask what do I do. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do today? And and uh, and they're envious when I tell them. Um, I re- I remember reporting to my first job. Uh, you know that the freelance gig, and uh, you know, I'd show up every morning, and then I got hired. And a few months in, I remember driving up there, and I'm like, I'm gonna do this the rest of my life. Like, wake up this early, and now I have this sort of life where I just really do what I want to, as long as you yeah. know I'm getting to my checklist of things to do. You know, my life, it's like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood every day. I'm, I'm going out to these different places. And, you know, oh, do you mean like factory. instead of a suit and tie, now you're wearing a sweater? <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a sweater. And I'll rock sweatpants every once in a while. And, uh, you know, I'm going around meeting people, learning about what they do, how they do it. And so great. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> well, I know you have, uh, you know, work to do now because uh, even Mr. Rogers has to put out fires. <laughs> but thanks for your time. And this has been loads of fun and really interesting and you know for me the thing that i come away with is you know make the call like knock on the door like do the thing that nobody else is doing and and don't you know don't be afraid to because what's the worst that can happen they hang up on you you're an idiot click yeah yeah god god hates a coward that's a a (laughs) well then that's your quote (laughs) all right thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure